Hey everybody, it's Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. First of all, I want to give a shout out to our main sponsors, Rising Suns, the award-winning brewery in Cork. We have yet to meet up there as the forums, but I'm sure we will this time next year. <laughs> Surely beat the fuck, we'll have two or three sessions done. And, uh, Hope so. Yeah, exactly. Evan can't join us tonight um, because he's got technical problems with his laptop. I'm shocked that like he didn't use it since... The last forums, which was you know, maybe he has, well, he has been using it for nefarious things. In the <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's like me, like I only use my work laptop. I never use my oh, other laptop. So maybe he's like, maybe he's like me. Um, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't seen each other since the awards. That actually went really well. I thought that night. Lord of bands were delighted with what they got, and James Loveday was in contact as well, and she was thrilled with the MVP. Nice yeah, one. his statue is still sitting in our house. It nearly got thrown out over Christmas. So, oh, Jesus, I wish I can collect it off you soon for Nomadis. On class, when's that? That is the 4th of February. 4th of February. Ah. I might as well start actually by giving a, a rundown on what gigs are coming up. So, the first gig that's coming up for me, and it'll be Evil, your mates with a few of them, Joe. Is it just the drummer? Is it or? Oh, yeah, no, all, all the lads be mates of mine. Yeah, it's so- an easy year. Cool. So they're hitting the Irish shores with Cryptic Shift, Psychosis, Acid Age and Mortal Backlash. That is the lineup for Friday the 20th in Dolan's in Limerick. And I think they're playing another two dates in Dublin and Belfast. Will you be going along to one of them dates, Joe, Belfast? Uh, yeah, I'll go up, uh, go up to Belfast probably on Sunday and hang out with the Val guys and um I know the guys in Cryptic Shift as well, so it'd be nice to see him and have a few oh, beers. Or Cryptic Shift, are they a UK band? <clears throat> yeah, they're a death metal band from the sort of Liverpooly type area. Uh, they're really good. Okay. Kind of like cosmic, sort of seven minute long trippy death songs, but they're they're doing really, really well for themselves at the moment. Class. Okay. So the next gig after that then is Partalon. They're headlining Dolan's on Friday the 27th of January with. Uh, or pals Molar Bear in sports that'll be a great one you going to that Daniel? I am it's my birthday Woo! so great way to celebrate turning uh, I don't Happy know if congratulations or commiserations yeah <laughs> it's a great way to celebrate turning 30 so excellent yeah. stuff oh to be point spot that night you can be damn yeah. sure that's great uh, so then another gig coming up is Saturday the 4th in Voodoo Belfast it's Nomadis the album launch I'm really looking forward to going back up to Belfast for that and um, I'd say it'd be a big turn up. So Dara then of Grey Stag, he's putting on a charity gig on the 10th of February for Breakthrough Cancer Research. It's in Fibbers, it's a tenor in, and the bands that are playing are Four Knot, Tombs, Grey Stag and Black Shook. That'd be a nice brilliant lineup. one. It is a yeah. great lineup. And finally, uh, Harbringer are coming to Ireland but worn out. And there's Idle Discourse are supporting as well. So the Cork date is February the 18th. There's four dates in that tour. So another another one to look out for. Grey Stag are doing a run as well at the end of March, aren't they? Yeah. Um, are, they, are those dates up yet? No. They are, yeah. Are they? Is yeah, there a Cork date on that? I don't think so. I think it's, huh. uh, is, it, is it Dublin, Limerick and Belfast? Okay. I think so. Mm, I don't strange. think there's a, there, there might there might be a, a lot of so, the gigs tend to be doing those three cities really, don't they? They do. 
Did yeah, it? I could be wrong now, but um, I was just looking for the Limerick date anyway. So yeah. that'll uh, be nice. Oh yeah, they are playing Limerick. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you want to give a shout out to your um, charity gig as well in Nori? Um, when yeah, is that? we're doing a, a hometown gig in Nori for the first time in like 15 years. Brilliant. Uh, just like a fundraiser for cancer research and the local hospitals, we're putting all the money towards that. Um, okay. It's sold out already, though, so it is. So should be good old crack. We're going to be getting all the old Gamma Bomby chaps from back in the day up to do a couple of songs and stuff like that. So it'll be a good old night. Um, where Where is it on, Joe? <clears throat> it's in Nan Races in Newry. That's what it is. So it's uh, us and the Dangerfields. And then the 2005 lineup of Gamma Bomb are going to do the whole first album as well and do all that kind of stuff. Drag, drag the depths. What's your memories of the first album, actually? Is there a lot of rehearsals going into it? Um, There's been none so far, but um, <laughs> we're doing, doing some now this weekend. And it should be grand. You know, it's one of those things that you end up sort of remembering little things that you didn't think you'd remember. So, But it, it'll be grand. Um, just looking forward to seeing all some of the guys I haven't seen literally in 10 years. So it'll be what, really? the same. And, uh, it's just one of those things, though, because, like, you know, you sort of wonder if they have have they been still playing the drums or what what are they doing like you know so it'll either be brilliant or awful so <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're in sheer panic now yeah yep. what date is that on Joe uh, the eleventh of February Friday the eleventh oh shit yeah that Friday the eleventh of February is the eleventh on a Saturday the same night as Gajira. Oh, it is actually. Yeah, yes. oh, I know there's, there's something you know, going it on must there. Be, it must be Friday the tenth then, is it? I'm not sure. Um, it's Friday the 10th because Friday the 10th, anyway. actually Zentrix are playing in Limerick that night and, oh, right. okay. and Saxon are playing Dublin that night. That's in March. So it is. So then going to Saxon and Belfast and that's on the 4th of March. Oh, is it? My apologies. And I thought it was February. Oh, so it's just Zentrix then are playing on that night. Um, I knew there was, yeah. some, there was some gig on and Gojera is the next night then in Dublin on the 11th. Are you going to that, Daniel? Yeah, I bagged tickets this week. I'm fucking delighted. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is it on the Academy or is it on in uh, the Olympia? No. Where is it on? The, the National, National Stadium. Stadium. National Stadium? No way, really. Fuck yeah, wow. interesting. Yeah. So so I might see if I can swing a ticket for your gig as well, Joe, if it's on the night before, if I can find one, like I found a good Jira ticket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just lying on the ground, you know. Sure. Joe's the connections no. there. Like if Joe can't get you in, forget about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I'll see. Um, I'll see what I can do. Um, no pressure. Yeah, no. Be nice to go to a gig in Newry, actually. Something different, like. Yeah. Um, Absolutely destroy the place. Doing, um, we're supposed to be doing Hammerfest the week after, but we had to kind of pull out of it. <clears throat> I just don't like. They're not really that mad organized this year. A lot of the they had like a Lordy headlining, and then Lordy had to pull out, and I think they've got unleashed in to replace them and stuff. But um, yeah, it was just like. Uh, we had to buy flights and stuff, and it just didn't it didn't work out, unfortunately, which uh, kind of sucks. But yeah. don't really like having to cancel gigs. But whenever yeah. there's like an ocean between you and the place that you want to play in, you kind of have to get over it somehow, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's okay. right. Right, we've got three songs submitted for us to have a look at and review. We'll start off with Machina Core. Uh, those among us, shout out to Shawnee from Machina Core. Uh, this is the first single off the album, which is due to be released 
towards the end of the year. Uh, they expect to drop another single before the album release. They're glad to be back going by the quality of releases that have been coming out lately from the North and South. The release is coming out on the 20th of the 1st. We'll give it a listen.
So that's Machina Core, those amongst us. And was Shawnee in Sinosense, Joe? Was one of them lads? I'm not oh. sure. Are they from that kind of area? Are they? Uh, Morrow, I think, was the, the singer and guitarist with Sinosense, wasn't it? Yeah, Morrow was the singer and guitar player. And there was um, uh, Anto was the other guy who was in mm. Sinosense. I don't know. He's still there. But um, yeah. and I thought I was really surprised by, you know, that, to be honest, because I thought it had a little bit of kind of, little bit of everything really in it, you know. There was like sort of some guitar virtuosity and yeah. really like sort of heavy kind of modern elements. And the singing was kind of Alison Chainsy in places, you know. Mm. So like I thought for like trying to combine all the elements, they did really well, like, you know. Yeah, what do you think of the production on it? I mean, the bass is really up front, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, which I thought was great. Again, like very sort of Faith Namori vibe or something nearly off some parts of it. Um, like I suppose if Evan was here, he would be saying the drum production wasn't really like, you know, very... <laughs> yeah. But I think, it, again, it, it really suited it. Like for being local, locally produced, I was like, wow, this sounds great. It does, yeah. Even the opening of it, there was some lovely riffing there, wasn't there? Yeah, really yeah. like really accomplished players there, you know, and... Uh, yeah, like it's one of those things, it's so hard to tell. Like you just need to really be getting out in front of the right audiences. Like I think if they were supporting someone like Alison Chains or, you know, even like, I know, Ed Guy, Volbeat type of bands, it probably go down brilliantly, you know? Yeah, they would actually, yeah. Yeah, that, I was really impressed with it, yeah. Danielle? Yeah, um, I think the breakdown was really cool. It definitely felt, felt like kind of like it could, do, it could be a commercial success kind of a song. Do you know, mm. it feels like it could appeal to the masses. Um but yeah, um, definitely the intro, like the bass took me straight away. Like yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, won't be my kind of thing to, to go and listen to, but I, I definitely think there it's it's catchy and it definitely could be commercially successful. All right. Yeah, um, I agree. There's a lot going on with the track as well. It's busy. There's no, it's no kind of going through the motions with that. And the singing surprised me actually kind of has that Alison Chains vibe. Yeah. It's, it's a nice are combination a fairly, of a, Are they a fairly new band, Richie, are they? They released stuff last year as well. A single. Did they ask us to co- to review something last year, I think? Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah. Whatever is coming through now will probably end up in the album. Yeah. They're saying they're dropping another single or two. So certainly know what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. Right, the next band is Cell Games, and the song is Here to Your Bones. Shout out to Tristan, who sent it in. It's a new single. The track marks the band's first release as a full band, having previously operated as a remotely recorded two-piece in lockdown. The addition of drummer Tunsi and bassist and backing vocalist Deb O'Brien to the lineup gives the single a heft and swagger that captures the energy the band has when performing live. Co-founder and guitarist Tristan Carroll provides dense, slinky riffs that underpins Maximilian Foy's Stephen King-inspired lyrics delivered in a multi-layered book reading or assault. Uh, Josh uh, did the work on it. Yeah, we'll give it a listen and see what you think. So here to your bones.
really cool swagger about that song. Um, the more I listen to it, the more I, uh, I'm starting to enjoy it. Danielle, Cell Games, here's your bones. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I actually thought the same listening to it there. It's definitely, it's definitely a grower. Um, I can definitely hear it on like, you know, K-Rock, this ain't your grandma's radio station, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think, I, um, yeah, it's kind of got... Not quite Motley Crue kind of a thing or something. I'm trying to think of a band yeah, as well. I, I yeah, can't genuinely. Maybe Joe has the solution to that yeah, one. Yeah, kind but. of. Um, it, it draws you in, but definitely, it, I could see that one again being commercially su- successful. But you can hear like, like on, on the last song, the production was more raw, mm. which I enjoyed. Yeah, this is more polished. Yeah, but it also suits it. You know, the production suits it. Um. So yeah, look, I think I think this could be one that would do well in the states. Um, but yeah, it's um, certainly doesn't sound like an Irish band. No, doesn't. Um, that's not like that's not an insult, and it's not it's not a compliment no, no. either. So yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, but um, I enjoyed the backing vocals as well, and um, that's yeah. Debbie who's after coming in. So that's cool. adds a different flavor to it. Uh, yeah, Joe? yeah, like. <clears throat> It definitely doesn't sound Irish. You're you're 100 right about that. It just kind of a bit of a 2005 kind of it's sort of nearly like Velvet Revolver. That's the band I'm thinking of. Velvet yes. Revolver, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that yeah. kind of a. You're you're actually that's it. Yeah, you're spot yeah, on. Yeah, it's good. Sorry, Joe. Um, go on. Sorry. <laughs> and like uh, yeah, like your man's vocals sometimes it sounds kind of nearly Billy Corgan esque in places, and then. Mm some of the backing vocals sound like he's doing that kind of year partner kind of, you know, Texas kind of metal. Yeah. Latter-day Pantera thing. So I don't know. It's not like, it's not my kind of music, but it certainly has like massive, like aspirations. It's the mute. It's the sort of thing that could either go where it has gone now or become a huge, huge success, you know? Mm. Yeah, um, it is like, cause I mean, considering that they were a two piece that formed over lockdown, now that they're, have got the addition of a drummer and a bass player and who's also providing good backing vocals. It can be a difficult situation though because, you know, what, there's a lot of there's a lot of classic rock revival bands who are waiting to see if bands like The Answer or whatever were going to break through. And the same kind of thing with thrash revival bands, you know, waiting to see if one of the bands was going to end up becoming like huge. And I think it's the same kind of thing that's happening with the new metal thing at the minute. Like there's a lot mm. of bands doing that kind of revival stuff. And everyone's just waiting to see is is one of these bands going to end up you know, becoming big and then leading a big revival of that kind of music, you know? They're far from new metal, along with this single anyway. Or am I, I completely would, wrong? I think there were more new metal with the other songs that yeah. they had, I thought. Yeah, this is um, more kind of, as you said, Velvet Revolver kind of rock. Yeah. Kind of with um, a nice kind of grunge feel to it as well. Yeah, the, like there were certainly little bits in it where you could hear, again, the Alison Chainsy vibe or Mm. That like secondhand Aussie Sabbath type sound, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like for better them again, like what they're doing, they're doing incredibly well, and there is a huge audience. Yeah. But yeah. it just ain't at my house. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it ain't at my house. Okay, so the third single uh, is uh, "Rom Kingdom." Red Admiral, uh, shout out to Dave for sending it in. So just to read about it there, Irish post metal sludgers "Rom Kingdom" revealed album details so there's a new video out which is to um, back up their new album which is going to be called Monarchs and sadly the bass player Ronan 
Connor passed away in 2021, so they wanted to release the last recordings and writings in respect for Ronan's memory. Uh, this new effort is something about everything, emotive, melodic, atmospheric and hypnotizing a musical journey for deep senses. So Monips will be released on January the 27th by Argonauta Records. And as I said, big shout out to the lads. It's been a difficult year for them to lose a band member and a friend. So this is Red Admiral, the new single.
Danielle, over to you. Yeah, I, I'm massive fan of Ram Kingdom. Um, I seen them. Was it last year? The year before in Dolan's, and they blew me away. Yeah. They're fun, they're phenomenal life. They really, really bring it live. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love this. Um, I was kind of like, do you know the way you were with Nomadis, hope looking for a release. Yeah, like you were saying, you were looking for a release like that. I was looking for a release like this, so I'm oh. delighted. Yeah, I, I, have, I have the album. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, I can't so. wait. Um, I mean, the last the the time I seen them, I was blown away. And shout out to Kirk and Alan. They went up and bought me the vinyl, and we're just like, here, listen, they're class. Or a Kirk and Alan from Kerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. the everything and nothing um, vinyl. Um, so yeah, look, obviously been a really tough year for them, but yeah, and the, the video was really cool as well. I don't mm. got a chance to see the video. Yeah, I, did. Kind of... I did actually. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. So, and, yeah. yeah. So I'm really looking forward to the and album. And his vocal performance, as always, is incredible. Stellar. Yeah, yeah, it is. So 10 out of 10. Really looking mm. forward to yeah. to what, to the album. Joe, does this rattle your cage? Mm. Uh, there's definitely some things I can really appreciate about it. Uh, okay. Like listening to the singing, you can really you can really hear the emotions, and you yeah. can hear how much yeah. he means it. You know, so I could imagine live this would be brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. and like it's really nice, obviously considering the tragedy that they've had. Like having that kind of production where the bass is so upfront and stuff. You know, it really, really kind of it makes the rest of the music really gel together well. Because I think in a lot of this kind of droney stuff that I've heard in the past the drums and guitars can tend to overtake a little bit, you know, yeah. whereas this had a drum kind of like, nearly a kind of like, you know, early 80s kind of alternative vibe about, about in some places, you know. Mm. But um, yeah, like a, it's again the sort of music I could imagine people freaking loving at the siege or something like that, you know. Like Absolutely. the riffs are crushing. It's so sludge heavy and there's some lovely breaks in it again with melody and yeah. uh, clean vocals so like they're really really fucking great at what they do so we're going to be looking forward to that release it's on January the 27th so hey another birthday present for me oh there you go man <laughs> fucking hell this it's all happening great. on January the 27th yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the releases three good ones there for us and we have mm. decided on the forums to talk about Bandcamp this is the topic that we're going to talk about and just to give you a background to it most people on the show would know about it it's an online platform where artists can create their own online music store to promote and sell their music as well as merchandising artists can sell digital downloads physical copies such as vinyls and and cassette tapes and merchandising this music distribution and merchandising company was formed in 2007 and has grown extensively since that inception. The company's mission statement is to create the best possible service for artists and labels to share and earn money from their music and for fans to discover it and enjoy it. Now, here's a fun fact. Apparently, Bandcamp was formed after Radiohead released in Rainbows. When In Rainbows came out, they asked the fans to pay whatever they think that the album is worth. And... um, Apparently, Bandcamp were inspired by that. Ethan Diamond, yeah, was one of the Bandcamp founders. And he said in a recent interview, 
Uh, you should be able to set the price yourself because you know your audience. And if somebody wants to come along and pay more than you, that's fair enough as well. So it's just, it's an interesting concept, but um, 2007 has been going, lads. So it's gone from strength to strength, Yeah, it would be fair really? to say. Absolutely. I was just going to say, I seem to remember when it started, it wasn't like such a massive deal. Like I knew that like uh, it was kind of around around then, but it seemed to be in the last five years where it became such an important tool for new bands and stuff because you could sell merch on there and do, it was like a one-stop shop for everything, you know? Mm. Yeah. What were you saying, but, um, I was going to say, it's just it's kind of something similar. Like it's just in the last few years because everybody realized that Spotify are dickheads. Um, yeah. <laughs> that they that there needed to be another way for artists to get their to get actually get paid for their uh, music, and mm. it's been great for that. Um, but it kind of to, to be as you said, George, bring the merch into it as well is just such a such a plus to have everything there. Yeah. Um, Let's just talk yeah. about like kind of why it's great for artists. First of all, obviously they're getting treated a lot better than Spotify. It's very helpful as well for independent artists without any financial backing or support. Uh, yeah, yeah. From it tends to be very like, direct interface though, because I think a lot of people, bands who are on Bandcamp, like the people who are sending the money, like it's going directly to the band. You know, whereas with a lot of cases in Spotify, what's happening is they're sending those royalties to a label who are then, you know, giving it to an artist at a digital royalty rate, you know, so, um, yeah. but definitely is, they're two, they're two different things. Um, and like, I think that, uh, Spotify is generally not very helpful towards young bands because it's so difficult for them to get onto playlists and things. Yeah. Whereas, um, Bandcamp is just really, as you said, it's just a one-stop shop for young bands, you know? Mm. Any other reason why it's great for the artists, Daniel? I think like, just like you're not going to get paid from from Spotify if you're if you're a young starting off artist. Realistically, you're not. Like I don't know. Like a lot of people seem to be leveraging Spotify to just like get the music out there and then using Bandcamp to sell vinyls and sell merch, yeah. which is which is handy. Um, I don't it's know. Is, does it kind of lead to the question of are you actually going to get paid for your music anymore? Is that kind of thing gone, or are you just going to try and make money off touring and merch? Uh, and things like that like is that kind mm. of the way forward or do you not put anything on Spotify and you put everything on Bandcamp and risk alienating a massive part of your audience yeah. do you know that, it's this t-shirt that I'm wearing there is from Brute. Brewe yeah. oh is it Brewe is how you yeah, say it Brewe, yeah and uh, they're just pure Bandcamp they refuse yeah. to put their stuff on Spotify I think Bandcamp as well for artists and musicians it's um, got a reputation for you kind of to discover underground bands and undiscovered bands. I think that's true. Bandcamp tagging system mm-hmm. as well. I don't really understand the idea of not doing both. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of like saying we want our music to be played on the radio, but not on YouTube, you know? Um, like I get it that bands like we're, we would love to be getting paid a better royalty rate from Spotify, but you know, if it all at the end of the day, it is, is people discovering your band and listen to your band and, like that'd be the same as going to radio stations and demanding money off them for playing your songs. You have to sort of take it as exposure, you know? Mm. And that's the great thing again about Bandcamp is probably a lot of people who listen to bands on Spotify go to the Bandcamp and maybe buy a t-shirt or, you know, buy a physical or whatever they like, you know? 
Yeah, who manages your Bandcamp page? Which band member are the all? Uh, Philly does it. Oh, does he? Yeah. And is that up to date, Joe? With everything that you have out, or no? Because uh, different labels have different approaches and stuff to it. Whereas I think that's the good thing about Spotify is we we were able to get all our releases under one one place, and like it was a specific decision we made to say, right? Do you want to try and really focus on on this, uh, like on Spotify, and try and work the band that way? Like you know and like it's paid off massively. Like we've 155,000 listeners a month now. Like, so we've really <laughs> yeah. like sort of wow. got a proper big boost in the last, like last year, which is great. Cause like we haven't had an album out in a couple of years, you know? So it just goes to show that I think if you, if you can work the algorithm correctly, you can definitely get lots of new listeners on it. And I mm. think that that's probably the biggest problem with Bandcamp is that, they definitely can link you to other artists, but it's not quite the same kind of thing where if you look at, it's not going to take you to something that's as specifically similar. So say if you really loved Voyevod and you went on to their band camp, it's not going to take you to something that'll be extremely similar to that. It's always just another underground band of a similar standing, yeah. you know? Mm, yeah. 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 Like Spotify radio is fantastic for finding new artists. Like, you know, you're, you're always going to find something in that radio that you'll want to listen to. Um, but again, I think Bandcamp could probably do more on that side of things. But I, I think you can curate a wish list on Bandcamp, and there's a big community out there, and they kind of share wish lists and stuff, and they connect through the site itself. I suppose that's one benefit for the fans as well, like that they're able to not only purchase music and items from Bandcamp, they're able to collect with other fans. Like, I mean, I think. Uh, the people that would be on Bandcamp wouldn't necessarily have Spotify accounts, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have to say as well, like the UI of the user interface of Bandcamp isn't exactly A1. Yeah. You know, it could it could be improved a lot. Um, it's very much kind of got MySpace Bebo vibes <laughs> off of <laughs> it, doesn't it? But yeah. I, I think that might be a good start, improving the, the user experience. That's probably just my my work nerd hat going on there. Like, but um, I, I I think that's something that Spotify has done quite well. Um, it's easy to use. It's easy to find what I'm looking for. It's even, it's easy to find something similar. Mm. So here's an interesting stat. Fans pay more than the amount requested by a whopping 50% of the time in Bandcamp. Jesus. It's yeah. because Bandcamp is all fueled by goodwill where people yes, are saying, is. Here's a new band. I want to support that new band. Whereas Spotify is the complete opposite. It's like I want to cook dinner and listen to Sam cook. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so as much as like you know they do have Nuclear Assault records on there, I don't listen to them as much. You know. Um, yeah. So like definitely Spot uh, Spotify is not really as much geared towards new music. Like well, I suppose for commercial stuff, like you know big commercial artists, it is, but. For bands trying to break through, it's just incredibly, incredibly difficult to get get on the lists like that. You know, and I have a, a table there for uh, generosity by country, and the number one country going by the generosity of fans is Canada. Right. And next is Luxembourg. The third one is the United States, and fourth is Ireland. Wow! Isn't that mad? That's pretty good. It is considering the lists of countries below us is just unreal. 
So, like, I suppose it depends on the person, really, given the extra bit. Yeah, of course you it know. does, yeah. And it depends. Part of, it would, um, part of it would have to be, you know, it's like heavy metal fans per capita. So places like Ireland and Luxembourg and even Canada, like, even though they're gigantic, you know, per per population, there's probably more metalers there than there are in some other countries, you know. Mm. Well, yeah. actually, I'll call out the bottom tree, will I? <laughs> and if you guess... Go and egg them. <laughs> it's uh, Taiwan is at the bottom. China and South Korea. Right. Well, they're all communists, aren't they? South <laughs> <laughs> well, Korea is not communist, is it? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I suppose that makes sense. Because like over there, they, like in China, they don't respect any form of international copyright. You know, so there's Apple stores course, in yeah. China that have absolutely no affiliation with Apple. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. Yeah, so what? <laughs> and of course, um, it wasn't so long ago as well when um, when the COVID pandemic hit. Bankamp waived their fees for yep. twenty four hour period every month. They still do that. They still um, Bankamp Fridays. Bankamp Fridays. Yeah. yeah. It's like that's incredible. Like. Yeah, so like it just shows that the company kind of cares about the livelihood and well-being of the artists. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think they only charge uh, ten to fifteen percent commission for downloads and ten percent for merchandising or physical goods. So, and I'd love to know, like, what maybe you might have a stat there for us, Richie. What percentage? What way is it up? Like divided per genre? Like, is metal making up a massive percentage of the music on Bandcamp or? Probably not. I don't have the breakdown but, of that, but I'm guessing. Well, you'd be surprised though, because like metal is like the one genre that probably makes the most off of merchandise. Like Maybe, you're not yeah. going to see somebody walking around with a Craig David t-shirt. Do you know no, what I mean? Like definitely not. Um, well, you might you might have done 2001, Danielle, but not now. So that's a good point. Actually, you bring up all the big artists yeah. stay away from Bandcamp. Yeah, they do. I think it's labels as well because they don't yeah. want to be in a situation like a label doesn't want to have to go there and start being like, are we going to put all of like, you know, Slayer's albums on Bandcamp, you know, and if so, you know, why would we do that when we can just try and get them to go to Spotify or you know, try and get them to go to wherever they want to, you know, like it really, I think it is just so much for breaking and new bands. And the crazy thing about it is there's people on Bandcamp who have like tens of millions of plays, you know, Mm. And they're like, you know, they've made their entire career and they don't need Spotify and stuff. Or, But I think that for rock and metal, it's just more difficult, you know. If you're doing like some urban contemporary music, you know, that young people really liked and they were going out to dance to it in clubs, you could totally see how you, you could do it without having to have something like Spotify or YouTube, you know. Yeah. Just another few stats there for you. So the top countries by purchases... Again, uh, United States tops the list, United Kingdom, Germany and Canada. When I look at Germany there, it kind of reinforces Danielle's theory about metal. <laughs> yeah. You so wonder, the, like... You know yourself, Joe, like when you tour over in Germany, it's not one place you'd be playing. You'd be playing around six or seven if you could. Like. Yeah, I think as well, though, like Germans are definitely a lot more engaged with bands in terms of if it's a band that they love, they want to buy merch. And yeah. like Germans can also be quite methodical about that kind of thing, like where, you know, want, wanting to buy one version of everything, that kind of, that sort of mentality would be big over there, uh, which is great, you know? Yeah. Um, I was at a tanker gig, actually, 
few oh, weeks you ago were, over yeah. in Frankfurt. Yeah, yes. and the, oh, there was, yeah, there was big queues, all right, for the uh, for the merch there. Um, but it was a home gig, so. And was it an incredibly boozy affair? Was it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, the lads went to see Sodom as well while we were from Frankfurt, but it was sold out and it was a bit outside of uh, Frankfurt. So I didn't want to risk going out there and not being able to get a ticket. Um, yeah. But yeah, can confirm that the, the Germans are mad for their merch anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the yeah. estimated net bank camp revenue for 2020 was 21 million. Jesus. Doesn't seem that much. Like Yeah. Compared to like what would Spotify's? It's enough to cover the company's operating costs, probably salaries, cost of servers and rental office space, and who knows? You know, it's it's definitely turning over more money than probably Spotify. Just Spotify seems to be losing money the whole time. Well, I can imagine that, man. Like, because Spotify is a thirty, it's thirty nine percent of the market or something like that. Yeah, but like they have to pay exclusive rights to. Podcasts, for example, Joe Rogan, how much yeah. is fucking blowing that? Yeah, and 300 million quid, wasn't it? Yeah, paying large record labels, licensing fees as well. Yeah. And but the only- thing is, there was a big holdout there for some bands like Led Zeppelin and stuff didn't go on to Spotify for about Two. four or five years because they were saying, listen, this is our royalty rate and we don't want to, we don't want to have a conversation with you about it, you know? And then mm. eventually Spotify just had to say, right, we'll give you whatever rate that you want, you know, yeah. instead of the 0.01p per And there were the song. people who, d- who didn't need it. Like, you know, it's again, like the, it's the new bands that need that higher rate, yeah. not the, the Led Zeppelin's See, but the, the, the issue is like, if Spotify was 30 quid a month, which would be enough to pay artists properly, people wouldn't use it because they would say it's too expensive. You know? Yeah. Am I correct in saying you can listen to Spotify without uh, paying money, or do you have to pay rates? Yeah, yeah, yeah but there's ads and there's that. ads. There's yeah. Ads. Yeah. 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 And then it like it, you wonder like I know there's other platforms like Deezer and Tidal, mm. and you've got YouTube Music now as well. Like, do local artists go on any of those? Like YouTube, I think is different. I think I don't. I haven't used YouTube Music, but I think you can just pick any video and save it on your phone, but like I the think... likes of Deezer and Tidal. I can't, I can't imagine. Or SoundCloud, kind of... is it? Yeah, SoundCloud is kind of... Yeah, they, they like... seem to use that a fair bit, uh, independent artists yeah, as well. So. I haven't heard that mm. used in a long time now. But yeah. I don't hear any Irish bands using Tidal or using Deezer or any no. of those ones either. Oh, definitely not. No, I think it is it. it Deezer is the one with with the good sound quality, isn't it? Tidal, I think. I think Tidal is. They ran, yeah, they ran this thing when they first launched, and if you could, you got like it was a two months free if you they play a track twice, and you'd have to pick which was the higher quality, and if you were able to pass like five of them, you were able to get it free for like three months or something like that. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Because I know what one of them belonged to Neil Young, didn't they, for a while? Uh, and he like his his whole thing was that he didn't like the sound quality on some of the other platforms, so. He wanted to move his um his music on there. And... Yeah, and was it was it Jay Z or one of them as well was involved in Title? Yeah, yeah. There was a few yep. of them, and yeah. there was few big artists were like going exclusively on Title and all this kind of stuff because their whole <laughs> thing was that they they pay the artists properly, which is which is funny that the younger artists aren't going onto that and that we're not all pushing yeah. to go onto that. I think it is a bit more expensive, isn't it? 
what they said the big issue with it though was that young people didn't care what way they were listening to the music as in they would listen to stuff on you know Bandcamp or spotify on their phones and didn't want speakers or didn't like or they'd be listening to it on laptop just on the laptop speakers so they weren't really as interested in like the high fidelity thing so mm. yeah i think it was more um older people who wanted to have fancy speakers in their house that would try and go for them instead you know yeah like when you think of it, um, back in the nineties, all I had and I was listening to it was uh, iTunes and the iPods. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Lime Christ, wire. Lime wire. Lime wire. absolutely destroying the mother's um, desktop computer in viruses. <laughs> LimeWire, absolutely. I remember wrecked. the whole thing with like LimeWire would be you would spend like hours downloading <gasps> one phone and then find out it was awful or it was like an awful live version and you're just like. Oh, or else it was an ad or something like that. You've been <laughs> fucking raging. Yeah. Oh my God. People, kids nowadays won't understand pain. Yeah, it's amazing how fast <laughs> iTunes dropped out of the competition, really. I know they're well, still there. Apple but like Music the, is the Apple other one, music. actually. We haven't we haven't even mentioned yeah, Apple Music. That's what like, I'm kind of getting to there. It's, yeah. it's, it's just incredible because remember, everybody wanted an iPod, did the small yeah. ones for running. And... It's still very, very popular, you know. I think it, it has like twenty percent of the share, and like Spotify has like thirty percent or something like that. But um, I don't know. I suppose some people just they were using it back then. So when it changed from iTunes to Apple Music, they were like, "Okay, I'm just going to keep running with this," you know. And our gamma bomb on that? Uh, yes, I think we are. Right. Okay. Again, that's just down to is it the record label putting it up there or ye? Yeah, pretty much. Like some some labels have different relationships with. Uh, with different servers and stuff. Everyone seems to just be in the agreement that YouTube and Spotify are the ways to go, you know? Mm. And that is the kind of sucky thing about it because like the part, like the paradigm in it is that people or bands can be super happy that they got 90,000 views of their video on YouTube, you know, and then be kind of pissed off that they got 90,000 <laughs> plays on Spotify and didn't get paid for it, you know? Yeah. So, I think it's probably the, the thing is the best mindset to have is that it's a promotional tool. And, you know, if you're someone like Aerosmith where you're getting millions of plays, you should just be happy that, you know, you're a millionaire and people like your band and not worry about it. You know? Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Getting back to Bandcamp, like there's no arguing, like a, literally an artist could put up his music tomorrow and start getting paid straight away. Yep. And uh, that that's, um, that's an incredible thing. Whenever there's a new new band that I specifically want to support. I instead of going trying to find their merch store, I would just go on to Bandcamp and buy whatever from there, you know. Yeah. Um, and like uh, Spotify does have that. There is like a merch widget yeah, on the page, it's but it's a wee bit like it's a wee bit, as you said, Danielle, not really that user friendly, like or it's in its infancy anyway, you know. Yeah, it's definitely a new feature because it came up for me like top band your top bands merch and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's a cool feature. So uh, that might be something maybe young, I don't know if younger bands can utilize that yet. Um, yep. And I, I, I can't imagine it'll link you to a band camp. I'd imagine you'd have to have like a big cartel or something like that for it to link to. It's yeah, probably a very specific thing. But as well, I suppose Spotify also has the shows, upcoming shows as well for bands. Yep. Not sure, does band, does band camp have that? I think um, it's probably in a MySpacey type way. There's a widget you can put on yeah. the desk. There is a link, yeah. It. You can put down what gigs you're playing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, so is there so 
Bandcamp basically, if you're Joe Public and you're not paying for anything, if you're using YouTube or Spotify, you have to listen to ads, whereas you don't have to listen to ads in Bandcamp ever, no. really, do you? No. But there are some artists who would say the album is like five quid to uh, download and will play you 30 second snippets. Like, so some people do it that way, don't they? Yeah. Or they might let you listen to one song for free and you have to buy the rest yeah. of the digital album or something like that. Yeah, even just looking at Worn Out's page there, shout out to Evan again. On the right-hand side, they have all their dates, what they're playing, their discography, uh, their contact, streaming and download help. Evan at 69.com. <laughs> yeah, what I like about Bandcamp as well is, is bands that can offer discount codes and download yeah. codes. It's, it's such a strange place as well in that regard, Bandcamp, because a lot of the like super old school, true super against streaming bands have profiles on there where they sell their cassettes and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. So they don't want to be on any other platform, but they're, they want to have their streaming on there. So, like, I think that's probably the best, like, the best situation you can be in where it's just loads of new artists and people, like, young people who want to spend money on a band are coming to it. Where Spotify, the one thing people are going to say is it's too expensive or such and such album isn't on there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's really annoying on Spotify when you can't find one particular album where band will have certain ones and won't have okay. one of those albums. Well, I suppose with Bandcamp, you generally put up everything because the band is generally in control of yeah. Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, what I like about Bandcamp as well is it's great for researching a band, be it a band that are coming on the show or um, just checking out their discography that's there. And a lot of the time you can actually go into the individual songs and see the lyrics as well, where Spotify can't do that if you're researching a band. And I think in, in some ways, like what you were saying, Danielle, it like and you Richie, it, it is like a kind of successor to really like MySpace, but like also like a press release. So that like people who want to review the band, like you, Richie, or even yeah. casual fan, you're getting to read the press release blurb, see the tour dates, listen to the song and look at a picture all, all on one page, you know. And the lyrics. Yeah. Spotify have the lyrics feature now though as well. I think it's so. like a karaoke thing. Yeah, that's it. You wouldn't be arsed. Like, <laughs> you, you, know. you mean, Richie, you're not going to be sitting there listening to the new, I don't know, Nomadis song, practicing it, practicing singing with the live cues no. up in the studio? No, no. It's uh, I'm sure you do. All right. It's tempting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have I actually done karaoke with Spotify? No, I don't think so. It's coming up in the cars or driving along, right? And it's fucking annoying me. So I just... <laughs> Turn it off, like it's it's a brilliant thing to have Bandcamp for for bands, artists. Um, we're in agreement with that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What about the future though for it? Like, where can it go? Improve its user interface. Okay. So it can so go anyway. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I don't have the app. I'm not sure what the app's like. Do you have the app, guys? No. Oh, I do, but. I do, but I don't use it as such. I just check it to see what stuff I bought. You know, it just keeps a record of, of your purchases and stuff. Okay. So. I think as you were saying, man, like the fact that people on average want to pay, pay 50% above asking prices for songs and stuff, like it just goes to show it's all about goodwill. Um, yeah. And it's like goodwill towards young artists. I don't really know if, like, if they're ever going to be able to break through and dig getting, I don't know, Van Morrison fans to listen to his albums on there, but I don't really think they should be worrying about that. Yeah. They're doing a great job with young people and, you know, that's the, that's what it's for, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I'm just uh, wondering that if a young band do break through and 
stayed using Bandcamp. I mean, I suppose Brewe would be the biggest examples of that in the post-metal scene. They're, you know, they're they're quite happy to stay in Bandcamp and As get I their... Said, certainly it worked well for other genres of music, you know, especially like club music or stuff where people can hear it in a different, like, you know, in a different arena, whereas metal is kind of really so reliant on streaming is the only way people are going to hear stuff that um, I think it's always going to just have to do as much as it can to try and get out there and be heard, you know? Yeah. So you think like for metal, Joe, it's more or less Spotify and YouTube? Um, yeah, unfortunately so. Like I think that like uh, band, band camp doesn't, in, in heavy metal anyway, I don't think it has the capacity to be able to start uh, start getting other bands' followers to listen to you and stuff, you know? Mm. I think it's a brilliant tool for uh, young bands, but I don't think it, because it doesn't have any connection with legacy discographies, you can't listen to the Exodus discography and then listen to the Evil discography on there, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's how generally, you know, people get onto playlists and all that sort of stuff works on there. And I suppose that's the other big side of it, really, isn't it? That, like, Bandcamp is a very individual experience. You tend to be going on there to listen to a band and support a specific band, whereas mm-hmm. you're not really mooching through playlists and, you know, discovering stuff. It Well, for me, anyway, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, like, Bandcamp is a company founded by people who respect music and Spotify is not. <laughs> yep. yep, that's probably fair enough, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. We might look at um, another one or two further down the months, maybe uh, SoundCloud and, or maybe go into Spotify. And would people be interested in hearing or take on Spotify? And uh, we'll have Evan back as well for that. Yeah, I was going to say Evan will definitely have some opinions on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we all will. Yeah. Okay, that's it, lads. Thanks again for joining me on the show and crucially, support your local metal scene.